0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This day in crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts.
0: Let's start the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Todd McComas, and it's Friday. More specifically, the first day of Women's History Month. The time of year to celebrate the unsung heroes who've been rocking history's boat while everyone else was mindlessly rowing it. A month-long celebration constructed in 1978 by a badass group of women led by a schoolteacher named Molly Murphy McGregor. In an era when men took credit for everything as they smoked their cigarettes on airplanes and made lewd comments about the flight attendants, these trailblazing women stood up and demanded that women finally get the historical recognition they deserve. So today, and for the entire month of March, we honor the women who've been kicking butt, taking names, and rewriting the rules since time began smashers of glass ceilings, defiers of stereotype, and champions of change. Here's to the queens who paved the way, the warriors who continue to fight the good fight, and the future legends waiting to share the spotlight. And with that in mind, here's to hoping this is the first episode of this podcast my wife finally decides to listen to. Now let's dive into some crime news. Here's my lead in. A con man's career cut short, an Oklahoma hacker, a different kind of cold case, an update on the Jam Master J murder trial, and a key murder witness recants his story. All coming up on this day in crime. Let's kick things off with another wild ride through the land of the world's dumbest criminals. Dateline, Louisville, Kentucky, where a young Indiana man by the name of Connor James Litka found himself in the market for a swanky new Porsche, but with a 2007 Kia Rio budget. So instead of rolling up to the dealership with stacks of cash or even a credit score that had three digits in it, old Connor strolled in with a third-party check for $78 million. As if this was everyone at the dealership's first day on the planet. I feel like I don't have to clarify this, but just in case one of you is wondering what the problem is here, the check was fake. And after the finance manager laughed the worst con man in history out of his dealership, employees caught him in the back of the service bay looking for keys. At which point, the dealership had finally had enough, so they called the police. And poor young Connor, who just wasn't cut out to be a Connor, was arrested for criminal trespass and disorderly conduct. And he should consider himself lucky, because I would have slapped some fraud-related charges on him as well. And maybe those are coming in his future, because authorities did find out later that he had previously tried the exact same stunt at a Land Rover dealership with a fake $12 million check. Now, as hard as it is for me to get inside the mind of a dumbass, I'm dying to know what was going through his tiny little brain after the $12 million check didn't work. Because it sounds like what he was thinking was, I need a bigger check. This next story features a guy who is the exact opposite of the guy in the last story an Oklahoma man discovered that deals on vehicles and jewelry on a U.S. government website were a steal. As long as you figure out a way to steal them, which he did. Here's what happened. When the Fed seized assets from criminals, they auctioned them off to the highest bidder on websites like the one we're talking about in this story. So Evan James Coker, who happens to be a rather skilled computer hacker, made sure he was the highest bidder on the cars and jewelry he wanted. And then when it came time to pay, he hacked the pay.gov website and changed the true auction price to $1. That's right. He bought a car for less than third of the price of a gallon of gas. Included in his $1 purchases were a 2010 Ford Escape Hybrid for which Coker submitted a bid of $8,327, a Ford F-550 pickup truck with a submitted bid of $9,000, in a Chevrolet C4500 box truck with a submitted bid of $22,700. And he didn't get caught until after he tried to resell these items later. Coker was indicted on three counts of wire fraud back in March, 2023, and pleaded guilty to one of those counts this week. In total, he defrauded the government out of more than $150,000. So even though he got caught, let this be a lesson to the Connor Litkas of the world. This is how you con someone out of a car. Connor Litka was the, the guy in the last story. Man, I just wish there was a way to keep our show free for listeners and offer them some really good deals on some really cool stuff. Oh, shit. There is. We'll be right back. Let's steer this ship over to Los Angeles, California, where 31-year-old Melissa Mooney was found beaten, bound, and stuffed inside the refrigerator at her LA home. Investigators haven't released the details of the relationship between Melissa and a man in Minnesota named Magnus Humphrey yet, but after he was arrested in Minnesota on drug-related charges, the LA County DA's office charged him with Melissa's murder and filed for his extradition to LA. Melissa is the sister of Guyani's pop star, Jordine Pauline, and was working in LA as a model. Officers found her body in the refrigerator during a welfare check at her home after they noticed that all of the food you'd expect to find in a refrigerator was sitting on the kitchen counter. Is anyone else concerned about the number of stories we've covered lately about bodies being found in refrigerators? Because I've been keeping a tally and according to my numbers, it's too many. An autopsy revealed Melissa's death was caused by blunt force injuries. So obviously, Magnus Humphrey has some explaining to do once he arrives back in L.A. And hopefully when that happens, we'll have more details for you. So stay tuned. Let's move things over to New York, where a verdict was reached in the murder trial of two men accused of killing hip hop legend Jam Master Jay from Run DMC, the group credited with breaking hip hop into the mainstream which meant mullet-wearing white boys from the cornfields of Indiana like me also loved them. The musician-born Jason Mazell was fatally shot in 2002 inside his Hollis Queens music studio. Prosecutors alleged that Mazell's godson, Carl Jordan Jr., and his childhood friend, Ronald Washington, committed the crime after Mazell excluded them from a huge cocaine deal. While some people celebrated the guilty verdict, others expressed mixed feelings about the outcome mainly because the murder trial shed light on Mazell's involvement in drug trafficking. Obviously, that was a facet of his life he preferred to keep on the down low. Witnesses testified that Jordan was actually the one who carried out Mazell's murder while Washington stood lookout. A third suspect, Jay Bryant, who allegedly aided in the murder, was charged separately and has continued to maintain his innocence. However, defense attorneys focused heavily on challenging the testimony of these witnesses, and implicated Bryant as the primary perpetrator. And with that strategy in mind, they've already vowed to file an appeal. Now, why the death penalty is possible for these charges, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland last June directed Brooklyn federal prosecutors not to seek it. So Jordan and Washington now face 20 years to life in federal prison. And we'll keep you updated on their sentencing, the appeal, and whatever happens to Bryant as it all unfolds. As for Jam Master J's coke dealing side hustle, dude's still a legend, so let's keep some respect on his name. Here's the thing about witnesses. Sometimes they lie. So as a prosecutor, you try your best to ensure your case doesn't rely too heavily on the testimony of any one witness. If you've been following recent events surrounding the Holly Bobo murder trial, you understand why. Here's a little background for you before we drop the bomb. 20-year-old Tennessee nursing student, Holly Bobo disappeared from her home in 2011. Her remains were found more than three years later. As the star witness in her murder trial, Jason Autry recreated on the stand the day Holly was kidnapped and murdered. He told jurors she was wrapped in a blanket placed in the back of a pickup truck, driven to a river, and shot to death by his friend, Zachary Adams. A convicted felon facing serious charges in this case, Autry gave graphic testimony against his friend, Zachary Adams, including details about their drug use and Bobo's kidnapping, rape, and murder. Autry told the jury that his role in her murder was that he served as a lookout as Adams shot Bobo under a bridge. And his testimony was compelling man. Autry's story really sealed the fate of Adams who was convicted at the 2017 trial and sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years. Now more than six years later, Autry is taking it all back. He's recanting his testimony claiming that he made the entire thing up to avoid a life sentence himself in this case. Now it's unclear right now what Autry's motivation is for this sudden revelation, but what is clear is this raises some serious issues for the state of Tennessee, and it raises serious questions about the validity of Adams' conviction. And obviously no one on the state side of this is commenting yet on the impact this might have on Adams' conviction, but I can tell you this much, there was no DNA connecting Adams to Holly or the scene, And it's been well-established that Autry's testimony was substantially responsible for the jury's decision to convict. So I'd say there's a very strong possibility we're looking at another wrongful conviction case. So I hate to break this to you, Tennessee, but you better get that checkbook ready. That's going to be it for me, so make sure you enjoy your weekend and make sure you tune in tomorrow to go back in crime with Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday. This Day in Crime is a production of Kinderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Jessica Nola and myself are co-executive producers. Today's episode is hosted and written by me, Todd McComas. You've been listening all week to my other co-hosts and writers, Laura Benson and Eric Quintana. John Nerney is our lead producer and editor. John Street and Tracy Kaplan are the supervising producers, along with additional productions by Dennis Cooper, Dayton Cole, Cena Pritchard, and Jordan Foxworthy. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. The cover art is by Byron McCoy and Isabella Maxey. Special thanks to the team at UTA, Beck Media and Marketing, and the Nord Group. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And don't forget to check out Saturday's Back in Crime episode written and hosted by Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday.
1: You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there's a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.